The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather to worship Almighty God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and homily this Lord's Day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written or emailed response, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Keep, O Lord, your household, the Church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion. For the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. We begin each Lord's Day in worship with a moment of contrition, compunction, lament, confession, as our choir guides us by the singing of the traditional Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, let us pray. Jordan River, chilly and cold, filled, chills the body, not the soul. Ain't but one train on this track bound for heaven and right back. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Hear good news if we confess our sins. God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be. A lesson from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. 
But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying Psalm 20 with the antiphon. The Lord answer you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May you shout for joy May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord will help his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victories by his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and some in horses, but our pride is in the name of the Lord our God. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 to 34. Glory to you, O Lord. He also said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when it is sown it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. 
he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Elijah, elusive spirit, mysterious ghost, divine absence, presence personified. In or about the year 850 BCE, Elijah alone stood on the top of Mount Carmel and opposed 450 of the prophets of Baal, each calling upon their deity to send forth fire. Later, Yahweh did so. But the prophets of Baal did imprecate their God, and nothing happened. And so Elijah said, speak a little louder. Perhaps he doesn't hear you. Maybe he's musing. Maybe he's taking a nap. And then Yahweh sent fire, and then Elijah ended the drought, all on the way to the river Jordan. In the year 820 BCE, this same Elijah stood atop a different but high, high mountain awaiting the presence of the Lord. And there came a wind that rent the mountain and broke the stones, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice, conscience, spirit, soul, along the way to the river Jordan, in the year 800 BCE, Elijah, the troubler of Israel, now there's a nickname, there's an appellation, the troubler of Israel, watched as the king, Ahab, went to take from Naboth the poor gardener's only vineyard. And Ahab said to Naboth, I will give you another better one. I would like your garden. But Naboth resisted. Sometimes in the name of existence, we need to find the voice of resistance. To exist, in part, we resist. And Ahab went home, and he sulked, and he went to bed, and he wouldn't eat. And in came Jezebel and said, Up, are you not king of Israel? You want your garden? You shall have your garden. Arise and eat and be cheerful. And off she went and she confronted Naboth. And Naboth resisted. And Jezebel took him outside the city and had him stoned to death. And returned to Ahab and said, Take your garden, king. It is yours. But Elijah heard and saw and spoke to the king thus, Do you see the place where the dogs licked Naboth's blood? Truly I tell you, in that place, they will lick your own. The Bible has a long-standing contention with unjust authority. The Bible, if uh, to paraphrase Santayana, those who do not remember the Bible will be doomed to repeat it. The Bible has a long-standing witness to power that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's why we check power. That's why we balance power. That's why we resist unjust uses of power. Along the way to the River Jordan, in the year 30 of the Common Era, 30 Anno Domini, the spirit of Elijah went up yet another mountain to meet there as Peter hoped with Jesus in the transfiguration. You remember Peter saying, Lord, I will build three booths, one for Moses, one for you, and one for Elijah. Elijah brought reason. Elijah brought morality. Elijah brought the prophetic voice to the emerging religion of the time. The spirit of Elijah so was invited to worship. This is summer coming. Summer is a time for worship. For the Christian, worship is not optional. For the Christian, tithing, generous giving is not optional. Faithfulness and partnership and relationship is not optional. Sunday worship is not optional. It is who you are. 
So in worship, we gain insight through prayer into another's hurt. In worship, we gain, gain insight in the communal four-part singing of a familiar hymn to the possibility, soprano, alto, tenor, bass, of being and living together. In worship, we gain insight through the crisp clarity of a spoken word of truth. In worship, we gain insight into the chance to respond, to hear a call and to receive it, to hear a chance for choice and to take it, and to be and to do in a new way. Summer is a time especially for worship. So here or elsewhere, you find a place to sit in the pew Sunday by Sunday this summer, along the way from the River Jordan. In the year 1735, the spirit of Elijah, elusive spirit, mysterious ghost, divine absence presence personified, greeted the community of Northampton, Massachusetts, in the voice of Jonathan Edwards, he of Puritan fame and the Great Awakenings, first and second, who taught, saw the divine light in each human person, who saw the material world as included in an aspect of the mind of God, who saw the devotion of the saints to include, as he said, willingness to be damned to the glory of God, who saw that experience in religion is the heart, Honey is sweet, he allowed, but how shall you ever know what sweet is until you taste the honey? Here is an opportunity, an invitation to a deep religious, spirited experience along the way from the River Jordan in the year 1865, days, hours, Weeks before his own death, our most eloquent president, the 16th, Abraham Lincoln, stood after the calamity of 600,000 dead to address the lasting to this day horror of 250 years of unrequited toil by 4 million in bonds, chattel slaves, said he, with malice toward none, with charity for all, firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish the work that we are in, to care for him who shall have borne the battle, and his widow, and his orphan, and to do all that shall sustain a just and lasting peace for ourselves and for all the nations. Elijah, elusive spirit, mysterious ghost, divine absence presence personified, abides with us. The freedom we have this morning to gather across great other all difference in assembly in worship to speak and listen was purchased, purchased over hundreds of years by women who, and men who gave the last full measure 
of devotion along the way from the River Jordan. In the year 1951, the spirit of Elijah inhabited, did dwell in the imagination of Ray Bradbury, a science fiction writer who composed a dystopia, a vision of what might be in a world that exchanged books for blogs and exchanged reading for scanning and exchanged memory for Google and called it Fahrenheit 451, the temperature at which paper burns. The protagonist, Montag, works his adult life against such fire, but finds himself finally an exile in the wilderness along the river at night. And he locates a circle of fellow exiles, they standing around a fire, and he realizes that fire can both warm as well as destroy. They know he's in the shadows, but they await him. Because in their evening ritual, this is not a circle of hobos. This is a living library. And one has memorized Plato's Timaeus, and another the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and another three of the tragedies and three of the comedies of Shakespeare, and another the works of Byron, and another the the works of Milton, and another the works of Hardy, and he makes his way to the fire, and they say, what do you bring? What do you know by heart? Not what you, can you locate or what can you find, but what in extremity do you carry? This is in the Bible where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. What do you know by heart? And he says, I know some of Ecclesiastes and some of the revelation to St. John. And they say, welcome. Be among us here at the river, along the way from the river Jordan. In the year 1959, now of blessed memory, the spirit of Elijah rested on Nell Harper Lee, our friend, her pastor, Thomas Lane Butts, recalled her so vividly not long ago. She wrote a famous novel, To Kill a Mockingbird. One thinks that a great percentage of women and men who have gone into the legal field have done so on the basis of that novel, or at least some. We sure could use such a work on behalf of preaching ministry in our time. You remember Elijah? present. You remember, either in print or in film form, how the tale ends. Daughter Jean Louise, also known as Scout, has found a way to go to the last day of a tragic, unjust judgment against which her lawyer father, Atticus Finch, does militate. And the inevitable verdict is rendered we are haunted today still by the shadows of misogyny, xenophobia, and racism. The judgment occurs, the courtroom empties, all of the seats are empty on the ground floor, but Miss Jean Louise has chosen to sit in the balcony 
along with the black church and Reverend Sykes. And it's silent. Atticus thinks he's alone and he pauses and he wipes his glasses and his brow and he packs his brief and he stands up in the silence of loss and defeat. And then he turns and walks down the center aisle and there's a rustle and Reverend Sykes turns to Scout and he says, Miss Jean Louise, Miss Jean Louise, stand up, stand up with us. Your father's passing, stand up. Can you hear that? It begs to be heard. Presence, spirit, along the way from the river Jordan in the year 1965, the spirit of Elijah rested on the injured skull of John Lewis in Selma at the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Yes, this is John Lewis who three Sundays ago sat with you here in the pews of Marsh Chapel to worship as the peroration was delivered by Carmen Julinda Cruz Soto, the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, whose ravaged country experienced, this is a season of humiliation, paper towel rolls thrown at them by one of our current national leaders. Said she, I, in emotion, remember my parents who twice mortgaged their home to give me the opportunity to be here. What will you do when you face a life and death moment? And John Lewis spoke just an hour or so later to to 20,000 at commencement at Nickerson Field. He who had known Martin King just a few years before the bridge in Selma 1965, and he said to those gathered, so you have a degree, good for you. So you will have a job, good for you. So you'll have a nice home, good for you. So you'll develop a family, good for you. So you'll purchase a fine automobile, good for you, and then what? What of all that matters, counts, and lasts? Speaking to and for your community, Boston University, one imbued in and committed to a spirit of outreach and engagement along the way to, along the way from, along the river, river Jordan. In June, the date was June 17th of 2018, in the sanctuary at 735 Commonwealth Avenue. Well, that would be here. The spirit of Elijah rested on the gathered saints of God and rested with us to remind what we have been given and to ask in the spirit of with every gift there comes a task. How will we respond? What will we remember by heart? And of what will you be champions 
in the autumn to come. Are you cousins at all to Emma Lazarus? Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the restless refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the lost, the tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door along the way from the River Jordan. In February of 2019, along another river bank in St. Louis, Missouri, there will gather the leadership of the Methodist Church, the institution that gave life to Boston University and Somarsh Chapel decades ago. And they will gather to consider the future of the church in its ministry. And they will gather to consider an issue that is not disciplinary only or administrative only or legislative only or procedural only. It is an issue of truth, theology, homiletics, interpretation, hermeneutics, spirit. And Elijah is all over it like white on rice. And it is the question, sometimes you can say the gospel in four words. Gay people are people along the way from the River Jordan. In the year 2000, and in the year 2000, and well, actually, I don't know the year. It's not that I've misplaced it, just that I don't know it. At one day, and it could be at midnight, and it could be at breakfast hour, it could be in the heat of noontide, or it could be in the evening, I will take my last breath. You will take your last breath. And there will be a presence, an elusive spirit, a mysterious ghost, the divine absence presence, of one who personifies all, Elijah. And he will guide us. And there will be a chariot, a swinging chariot, a sweet swinging chariot, a fiery, sweet, swinging chariot, as in birth, so in death, as in beginning, so in Ending, presence with us, spirit holding us, God loving you. A chariot of promise, a chariot, chariot of hope, a chari chariot of eternity, a chariot of grace, a charity of love, a chariot that did carry in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. The prophet Elijah, elusive spirit, mysterious ghost, divine presence, personified. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low. Sweet chariot, coming for to carry me 
Please be seated. As we come to a time in our service where we lift our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to God in prayer, I invite you to find a posture that will help you be in prayer. 
by remaining seated, by coming to kneel at the communion rail, or by standing as the choir leads us in the call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Loving God, we come before you this morning as your children. Our brother Jesus taught that unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Loving God, we ask that we may be transformed by your grace to become more childlike so that we too might enter the kingdom of heaven. Transform our hearts this morning. When our cynicism has gotten the best of us, when we are weighed down by the burdens of this world, when we are too numb to feel, give us the hearts of children who weep when others are weeping, but who find ways to laugh infectiously when no one else can crack a smile. Open us to unbridled joy and delight in simple things and the gratitude of one for whom all of creation can still be new. Transform our minds this morning. Give us a constant hunger for learning so that we might commit ourselves to studying scripture. Give us eagerness for the story, to read the next verse, the next chapter, and the next book so that we might not proof text to justify whatever position we might already hold, but so that we might be open to the whole story of your persistent grace and your redeeming love. Give us the humility to learn from our mistakes, to acknowledge when we and our sisters and brothers who have gone before us have read poorly and have harmed others with our interpretations of scripture. Give us that childlike, persistent curiosity to ask why. Give us a childlike sensitivity to inequality and injustice, and let us ask why. Give us the energy to ask why over and over again when we see children harmed or families separated. And transform our spirits this morning when we feel deadened to the world around us, enliven us with a childlike sense of wonder, inspire in us awe at the beauty of creation from the vast blues of the ocean to the greens of tiny blades of grass to the shimmer of birds' wings. Give us a childlike, tireless energy for life and the childlike trust that there is rest at the end of each day and in the great eternal day. And give us the childlike ability to be assured in hope and confident even in unseen things. Give us faith. And on this Father's Day, we pray for all those who are fathers, for those who serve as father figures, 
for those who are single parents. We also pray for those for whom this day is difficult, for those who have lost their fathers, for those who have lost children, for those who are estranged from, have been harmed by, or who do not know a father. Because no matter how we relate to one another as human families, we are grateful for the parental love that you unconditionally offer us, God, and that you allow us to call you by many names so that we might have better relationship with you. And we conclude our prayer this morning by calling on you in one of the names that our brother Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Marsh Chapel at Boston University. On this Father's Day, we're glad that you are joining us for a moment of pause, rest, and worship, either here in the nave at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, listening via radio or internet waves at 90.9 WBUR or WBUR.org, or later via the podcast. As we strive to be a service in the service of the city, Boston, and a heart in the heart of the city, know that you are welcome here. Immigrant, refugee, or eighth-generation New Englander, black, brown, white, gay, straight, bi, trans, something else, or simply not sure, you are welcome here. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, Independent, you also are welcome here. If you are new to Marsh Chapel, we hope you may identify yourself to one of the chapel staff after the service so we can introduce you better to this vibrant and diverse Christian community, or simply add your name and contact information to the red pads at the end of each pew, and we'll be in contact with you. If listening from afar, check our website, www.bu.edu chapel, or send us an email at chapel at bu.edu. We're delighted to get you better connected. I call your attention to a few brief announcements. While academic year chapel activities remain suspended for the summer, the chapel offices remain open on weekdays and Sunday mornings. We continue to be here for worship at 11 a.m. every Sunday and coffee hour following the service. We hope you might join us downstairs following the service today. Next Sunday, June 24th, following the morning worship service, join Dean join the Dean and Jan Hill for a vacation Bible school experience beginning at noon, complete with pizza, Bible verses, music, and fellowship. 
For more information, contact chapel at bu.edu or speak with the dean. The following Sunday, July 1st, the chapel's annual Independence Day cookout will happen following the morning service. You are welcome to bring a dish to share. On a more personal note, I'm pleased to share that the Reverend Dr. Jennifer Quigley has accepted a two-year postdoctoral fellowship with the Louisville Institute and will be placed at Drew University Theological School as Assistant Professor of New Testament and Early Christian Studies. Jen and I will be moving to Madison, New Jersey on August 1st. I will continue as Associate Director of the Miller Center for Interreligious Learning and Leadership at Hebrew College, working primarily from Madison. We're both grateful for a decade of shared ministry with the community at Marsh Chapel, the last nine of which have been members of the chapel staff. We're deeply indebted to the Marsh Chapel community, our colleagues on the staff, and especially the dean and Jan. This community has formed us and transformed us and will continue to shape who we are and how we serve as we shift into new venues for ministry. Thank you especially for the warm wishes and glad tidings so many have extended to us in recent days as we prepare for new adventures. We anticipate continuing to worship at the chapel through the end of July and hope to greet many of you individually before we move. Finally, a complete list of chapel activities and worship opportunities is available on the chapel website, bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving to support the mission and ministry of Marsh Chapel. As the choir continues to lead us in worship and prayerful meditation, please remember it is a joy and a discipline to be a giver.
O magnificent divine, consecrate these gifts and the givers to your service. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. 